You are listening to Mindful Performance, the show dedicated to building the brand of you. Your host is Teresa Rose, thought leader to the C-suite and author of Mindful Performance, How to Powerfully Impact Profitability, Productivity, and Purpose. Tune in every week to discover the lessons on what top leaders do to deliver their best performances at work, at home, and all day long. And now here's Teresa with your next Mindful Performance. Hey there, everyone. This is Teresa Rose. Welcome to Mindful Performance, where we discuss what top leaders do to deliver their best performances at home, at work, and all day long. Today, we have a wonderful, powerful, beautiful, brilliant thought leader named Jenna Rodriguez, also known as the Queen. She is brave mastery in action. Jenna, welcome to Mindful Performance. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for having me. This is just a treat. So thank you for having me. It's wonderful. It, well, it's my pleasure. I'm really excited to have you be a part of, uh, of my show because I just immediately, as soon as I met you, I instantly resonated with you and I just got the, the sense that we were of the same, cut from the same cloth uh, and, uh, and, and really understand that power of, of tapping into our higher selves. And so yeah. I'm, I'm encouraged to share your wisdom with our, uh, with our listeners primarily because you know so much about how to tap into your bravery brave yeah. masters is your is your brand is your thought leadership is is your content can you share a little bit more about what does it mean to be uh, a brave master what does that really mean so it's uh, it's certainly evolved over the years uh, and and brave for me has really taken a turn you know initially it was um, facing your fears and moving through fear and all that's still accurate, but it really has expanded into something much deeper and much more personal and much more about self-leadership. And for me, it's about facing yourself. It's about finding what, how you tick, right? And what makes you tick and understanding yourself from a place of, of higher consciousness and awareness and then being able to lead from that place. And so what's interesting, I too have a podcast and, and we speak about brave and, and I like asking, you know, my guests what brave means to them. And that too is accurate. I think brave, you know, being a brave master for me is about, you know, owning fully who you are and owning your power and owning, you know, uh, you know, it's like all the ugly truths of the matter uh, and being able to lead from a place of authenticity and vulnerability. And, and then it's great to hear, hear other guests, you know, say you know, what they believe brave to be. And I think that's, that's the truth of any word, any, any thought leadership is that it's left up into interpretation and meaning. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and certainly that's the meaning I give it. And brave has been something that has trickled through my entire life. And, and I've actually watched and observed how brave um, has related to my, my awakening, my opening up of my consciousness, et cetera. And so I, I consider the first part of my life a, a, a time of brave by survival, mm -hmm. right? It was a time of, there was, a, there was some victimship in it, right? It was obviously growing up, you know, I'm a child and I'm a teenager and I had a lot of hardships and things to overcome and move through. Um, uh, you know, from a household, a divorce to a household full of domestic violence that was not pleasant 
to bullying in high school to, you know, I took on college at 16 and there were challenges with that and still, still thrived in it, but I was doing it from a place of survival. And, and then I've expanded my, my awakening started to happen in my twenties, thirties, where I was like, now I'm in a place of brave by choice where I'm making choices in my life to actually create my reality and take personal ownership and be, you know, be aware of what's possible and how to perform in my life at a, at a higher level without holding on to the stories, without holding on to the circumstances that I, that I may have come through. And I think we all have our, our, our adversities that we come through. Um, but what's exciting is over the last year and a half, I've started to recognize a new phase and, uh, and I'm happy to call it uh, Brave by Purpose. And, and that's when you realize that you are actually being called to do something much bigger than you've ever imagined. And, and it's not so much about chasing anymore and getting it done and hustle, hustle, hustle. I burned out eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's about being mindful and being uh, actually connected and aligned with your higher purpose. And, and when it brave is a big calling to that, right? It's like, it's not probably going to be that four, two by four necessarily. Sometimes it is, but it's also about making choices and, and doing things that are really uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, for the sake of your purpose. And so here we are in my world. I'm, I'm glad to say I've, I've moved into that, that next level. Yeah. And that's who I want to help, you know, is, is those individuals. Yeah. And, you know, as I listen to you and observe you, uh, one thing that strikes me so profoundly is your, uh, your alignment with your content. You, mm-hmm. you are this and, yeah. and uh, you know, you, you show up so truthfully and authentically in this space that um you know, I, I, I'm reminded of, I've had it in the, in, uh, enthusiasm is like that for me. That's my, that's what people think of when they think of me as a, I'm an enthusiastic person. I won most enthusiastic in second grade for a reason, you know, uh, <laughs> but yes, right. Uh, but it's, it's, it's kind of who we are. And I had somebody once say to me, I don't know what you speak on or present on, but I know that we want it. And it's the same kind of thing with you is that you're, you're talking about this big concept of bravery and, and, uh, you know, stepping into your bigger self, uh, you know, overcoming adversity, which is a huge, huge part of what needs to happen right now, because everywhere, everyone has the biggest adversities that they have ever experienced right now. Absolutely. We are in the perfect storm of ick. Right. Right? <laughs> right. And, and so you, what, what I'm noticing about you is that you come from this truth that you've lived your content. Oh, every day. <laughs> right. Every and, day. And you can feel you, when you know it, when you live your content every day to come from where you have come from, which if yeah. you can share just briefly with my listeners, what, what's your story? What, where, where did you come from uh, to bring you to this place? Yeah, like I, like I touched on, there's been some, you know, definite challenges, not traditional upbringing, right? Non-traditional by all means. And it was, and, and yet it was, it's the perfection of, of, you know, leaning into what I do now, right? It's like my, my ability to come through those things and be able to come out of it 
uh, and, you know, recognize the gift inside of it has been really powerful. And, you know, I, I moved out at 14 of my home wow. uh, at, due to circumstances that seemed to be out of my control. And I was like, how do I get some control back, you know, and how do I, how do I better myself if no one else is going to take care of me, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and I've and and along the way, I've also had to heal a lot of wounds. Um, I'm not immune to that by any means, right. and and so that started a, a pretty powerful journey of you know. And I, and it's interesting. One of the phrases I remember hearing me say um, when it got desperate and when it got really hard, and maybe people are hearing this in their own heads right now is there's got to be a better way. It was almost like my call to my higher source. And I subscribed to Gus, God universe source. And nice. Oh my gosh. That's the first time I've ever heard that. <gasps> you that just beautiful? lit me up a hundred different ways by saying that. Oh, I love that. Gus so is all around. <laughs> Oh, I've got tingles everywhere from oh, that. Oh, good. One. We got tingles. Yes. So <laughs> I Gus, heard it called tingles before. <laughs> oh, even my Minnesota tingles have come out. Oh my gosh. Those are so good. So uh, go on. So Gus. yeah, so that was my call to Gus, right? And, uh, and so it, and, it, and it's pivotal. It's, when it, it's like when everything just does not seem possible. Mm -hmm. That was the words that came to me. It's like, there's got to be a better way. This is not my life. This is not how it's going to end. You know, this is, and so it, you know, it's a desperation certainly, but it's also where, you know, all of a sudden something would shift and something would show itself or I would just, you know, make a change or bravely get out of the situation, um, even as scary as it might have been. So my, my teenage years were you know, riddled with, you know, different things, like I mentioned, the bullying and things like that. And then that pushed me into a, a place of going to college early. I was willing to go to a high school. It just, it was like, get me out of this. This is mm -hmm. not serving me. Um, but then fast forward, you know, I, I, I just always was, a, was a, you know, um, that brave master, I suppose. I was always just self-sufficient. I mm -hmm. got to take care of myself. I got to do what's necessary to make it work. And, uh, and that's one of my values is make it work, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think communication, especially in leadership, is a big key, of, key to that, right? Mm -hmm. Is making, making things work with people, um, understanding from that place. Anyway, so uh, ultimately, I found myself at 24. You know, um, at 23, I was even homeless for a while. I was like couch hopping. Wow. And, and then I've, I've, I heard it again. I was like, there's got to be a better way. I need stability. So I got myself together and, and, you know, and there were angels all along, meaning those mm. people that supported me and helped me, um, you know, just to get to one place to another. And then I, I started to shift into a new direction and I became a controller of uh, accounting came easy to me back in the day. I mean, it still does, but you know, the numbers. And, uh, and so I became a controller of this public accounting firm at 24, Wow! right? It was kind of landed in my lap because I didn't, that was not what I was hired for, but they're like, we're going to give you this job. Yep. I was like, why? <laughs> um, but it became something I could do, right? And, it, and I yep. thrived at it and I got better and better. And then I moved to a public accounting firm and, and did that on an outsourced consulting basis. So I've been in corporate America. Um, I, you know, I, I worked with entrepreneurs from that perspective. And, and then there reached a point where it wasn't enough anymore. And it was, um, you know, there was something missing. Again, there's got to be something else. And uh, that's when the entrepreneur bug 
bit me and mm-hmm. uh and i jumped into um a storefront i bought a storefront that had already existed i was like oh great i can just take this over and make it some of my own and i also just the part i skipped over i have a fashion and makeup artistry background um i know so- you're gorgeous <laughs> Thank you. I have <laughs> such eyeshadow envy. It's not even yes, funny. Yes, this is a technique. <laughs> I can show you how, I promise. Good. Um, so the store brought all that together. It was fashion. It was artistry. It was creativity. So I'm very right, left brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sure enough, I bought the store and we, you know, we did well the first year. $300,000 in revenue. Not bad for my first go at it. And uh, and also was 700000 in debt. And it was 2007, moving into mm. 2008. Yeah. And, and then the, the, the floor fell below me, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I was, uh, you know, making some money and yet very far flipped, right? I was in mm-hmm. the flip and ultimately had to sit in front of a bankruptcy attorney and make a decision. And I had to close it and file bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So my first experience with, you know, entrepreneurship was not so not so awesome, right? But yeah. what I decided next is, is, you know, this is the message is like, how do you respond? So even right now, we're in these adverse, adverse times. How do you respond? I know some floors are falling out right. and I know some businesses are closing. I'm watching them. I'm going down my street and see them closing. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and so I just got up and, and, you know, and I said, well, I don't want to work for anyone else. So how do I keep going? What do I do next? How do I pay the mortgage? And, and I did actually go and pick up some more consulting business, you know, just 1099 mm-hmm. as a, a contractor for outsourced controllership because it's what I knew. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, my husband, who's a musician, was also part-time building websites and graphic design and running a small agency. And I said, why don't I help you? I can, I can, I'm creative. I can do the marketing and branding and some of that. You build the websites. And so we partnered for the next five years and quadrupled that, that business. And, and then, you know, it's been 14 years. So there's been multiple iterations and every, and I think that's, what's beautiful about entrepreneurship is not only do we have the decision-making power, uh, but we get to fully, fully, excuse me, fully express our creativity right? By making the choices in our, inside of our business or how do we want to pivot our business um, and, and create those new iterations. And that's what I've done, you know, and, I, and it's like in 2012, my husband went back to his music full time and that's what he does professionally and has always done. And that's his gift and gorgeous gift. Uh, and then- What does he do? I, What's, what does he play? What does he play? Uh, yeah, bass guitar. Oh God, so I was married bass. to a Look bass guitarist. <laughs> oh God, bless your heart. <gasps> It takes a special kind of weird to be a bass guitarist. <laughs> a special kind of weird. He's so good. It's like so amazing. Yeah, A-Rod bass. Shout out for A-Rod bass. All right. Um, and yeah, so, you know, and then that allowed that allowed me the space to step into my ex- next iteration. And of course, here we are, you know, seven years later. So, yeah, it's been so, a road. It's been a windy road. <laughs> it's been a windy road and you have hit so many of the the valleys that that many of us have hit and fear of hitting and yet your your tenacity you know your your resilience is just outstanding and how you how you can just take it and you you talk about this thing uh, uh, like profitable consciousness Mm -hmm. profitable consciousness yeah having this idea of 
I will be provided for handsomely for the gifts and talents that I give to the world because I am creating in partnership with the divine or higher self or Gus. Or Gus. (laughs) Right? Yes. Yes. You hit it on the nail. Right. That was awesome. Yes. Heck yeah. (laughs) Heck yeah. And so let's talk about when you work with leaders. Okay. Just if we can kind of, you know, expand into how you help other people, because part of what this podcast is about is how do people deliver their best performances, whether those performances are high stakes or they're the performances when the chips are down and boy, oh boy, it's that Mm -hmm. pivot moment. You better make the right decision or it's those performances that are every single day that we just need to, oh my God, I don't want to get out of bed. Like literally, I don't want to get out of bed ever again. (laughs) Right? So so that's why we're here is to talk about these, how do you deliver these best performances? And with you as a uh, transformation mentor, business growth strategist. You, you're helping these entrepreneurs, the organizations, the people all over the place to, to help them get really clear and leverage their passion, um, get over their fears that they're experiencing as a result of the unknowingness of the world, and, and let those natural gifts come out. That's, that's, that's your sweet spot. How 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 do leaders approach this from a mindful perspective what are some specific strategies that you work with people on so they can show up better yeah so uh so first and foremost you know i think leadership there you know it's like everybody talks leadership right we're talking mm-hmm. leadership yeah. and and i think what's important is my distinction is that leadership is not something you you know, you go speak of you, it's a beingness. And, and so what that means is that we are more focused on an introspective level and a self-leadership. And when you self-lead, then you can lead others, right? It's, it's a natural byproduct. And, and one of the best things you can do is master your emotions and understand your emotional resilience. And, and, you know, and like, if you want to hide under the covers, own it. <laughs> because, Heck yes. Right. I, it's not like I, I, and I am definitely just as human as everyone else. So I tend to, um, you know, try to override it and, you know, it's like, I got this and I'm, I have it all together. And, mm-hmm. and then you just live in this facade that, <laughs> you know, you have everything figured out or you have it all put, you know, all the, uh, everything's working and, mm-hmm. and then you fall apart at some point or you burn out and I've been there. And, and so I call those my come aparts. I call those the come aparts. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Every other day. Uh, And yet I think what's beautiful is I I like to systemize things. I like, I'm a strategist too, right? So it's like, I like to come up with tools and, and, you know, things that help people recognize things that are intangible. You know, our emotions are something you really have to learn to tune into, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not so obvious sometimes. And, and so I always like to train people on what I call the four egoic archetypes and the ego tricks that our ego likes to play. I believe there's a, there's a higher self and essence of us, right? Where our natural gifts are and our alignment is, and Gus is speaking to us. And, uh, and then we have this ego go mind, which is meant to be there to protect us. It's our protector. It's our survival mechanism. Everyone knows about it, right? But how do we manage that? How do we, how do we understand it? How do we, you know, relate to it on a daily basis? And so I started to recognize, I, I see patterns a lot 
Um, and, and you know, working with so many people and just in my own behavioral patterns, I'm like the guinea pig, right? I'm mm -hmm. always putting myself to the test. Exactly. Watching the, the patterns of behavior. And I started recognizing when we're out of alignment, when we're really living in separation from our our higher self or, mm -hmm. or essence, then there's these egoic behaviors going on. And so I call them the 14 ego tricks. It's, it's, the, it's when we are being positional and judging others. Mm -hmm. uh, it's when we are so attached to how something has to be, right? The requirement, which is need for control, right? Mm -hmm. It's requirement. It's like, I have to have it this way or I'm going to fall apart. Or yep. it's got to be this way. And when we're leading from that place, we shut down innovation. We shut down creativity. Mm -hmm. and, and so anyway, there's 14 of them. And, and then what I saw, which was a gift from Gus, was these archetypes. And I was like, what is this about, right? When the download happened. Yep. And, uh, and so now I see that these 14 ego tricks fit inside of all these, these four. And they are the realist, the rebel, the martyr, or the illusionist. And when you know which one you are, when you, which predominant one you are, yep. we play in all of them. Yep. Um, then you can start to understand your style of behavior. What happens when you get pushed to the limit? What happens when you're perform? You know, you've got to like perform, right? Mm -hmm. Especially like sales teams, or you know, um, or the stress just gets too high. It's mm -hmm. like what ego trick shows up immediately. Mm -hmm. And, and those nuances, of course, I work and mentor with executives and, and leaders and entrepreneurs because there's nuances that they can't even see. It's oh, like, sure. I give you the signals, uh, but then I help you kind of dig underneath the surface and understand how to uh, detach from that. And I've, I've created a detachment method so that you can actually, you know, untether from the things that are holding you back. And the bottom line is, is, you know, it's like the miracles, the alignment and the, the, the truth, like you're speaking, your truth, and mm -hmm. thank you for giving me that compliment, is, is on the other side of the egoic self. Yes. And we live in the separateness, and you can see that very plainly on news. I mean, news feeds yep. the fear, which is yep. an ego trick, right? Yep. And, uh, and so how do we come back to this alignment? And, and so when you figure out your egoic archetype, then you at least have some in indication of where the behavior is and why am I acting this way? And then it's just a huge opportunity to be introspective and learn more about yourself. So then you can understand other people's, you know, behavior. If you have a team and the team dynamics, oh, it's fun to watch the team dynamics and the egos. I call it double dutching. Our egos like to double dutch. <laughs> right? Oh, uh, yeah. And all over the floor. Yeah. And and then sometimes we never get off the floor and we never get out of the double dutch. So that's the process is helping people, you know, untether and, and really step back. You know, it reminds me, uh, just before we, we end, uh, we just had a digital discussion at, in the C-Suite Network and Jeffrey Hazlett, our chairman, said, uh, the great leaders I know have a really good sense of who they are in themselves. Yeah. They understand themselves. And when yes. they understand themselves, then they, can, then they can work with others so much better. And right. I took your quiz right before this. Yes, I sure did, lady. <laughs> I and and 
and we are sisters from another mister in some more ways than one. <laughs> I am too a realist. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I loved the insights that I got as I went there and, wow. and I watched your tutorial and I, I am starting to really experience your, your content. So I thank you oh, for, thank you. for that gift. And I know that, uh, that my listeners are going to want to take advantage of it as well. So if you would like to have the free quiz from Jenna Rodriguez, a transformational mentor, growth strategist, and creator of the highest order uh, of the four egoic archetypes, please go to bravemasters.com slash quiz. Uh, and you can get a wealth of insight and inspiration from this fantastic, amazing woman. Thank you so much, Jenna, for being here today on Mindful Performance. I appreciate it. I, I feel better. I am brighter and braver because of your presence here today. Thank oh, you so much. Thank you. You are, uh, your enthusiasm is contagious as always. And yes, when I met you in person, we actually met in person first time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, it's been such a pleasure to know you. So thank you for this opportunity. Oh, right back at you, sister. Thank you so much. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Mindful Performance, hosted by Teresa Rose. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, and share. For more information or to listen to more episodes, visit TeresaRose.com or check out the C-Suite Radio Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.